Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we're joined by Marketing by Monray, founder and CEO of Millionaire Mob University. How's it going today, Monray? I am so excited to be here. This is going to be amazing. I can't wait. And I, I am equally as excited, although I'm not nearly as good as expressing it as you. I need to work on my enthusiasm <laughs> a little bit. Um, hopefully by the end of this, like I'll, I'll be there. Well, let's just start out in typical fashion. Let's give everyone your 15-ish second elevator pitch on what is marketing by Monray, what it actually is that you do. Yeah, so I am marketing by Monray. Um, I am a marketing strategist and business development coach. Um, what we do here at the Millionaire Mob University is to help entrepreneurs be able to accelerate their sales by increasing their visibility. I love it. I love it. Very, very succinct. Um, I now I just want to know more. How do you how do you accelerate their sales and how do you increase visibility? Yes. So what we do is we teach our eight step campaign method. Um, we have been producing campaigns for like the last 10 years we've been in business. I started my business at 19. So the first thing that I did when I got my first client, we started to produce campaigns. And what that allowed us to do is to disrupt the industries that we were campaigning in. And that allowed us to get more attention, which increased our visibility. And if more people can see you, then more people can pay you. And so that was what we teach our students. We taught over 35,000 students and they are literally out here disrupting the industries they're in. I love that. I love that. I was just having a conversation like right on that same wavelength with someone who is almost like a mutual coach. I have, she's a coach for me and I, I also coach her a little bit on this this stuff. And we were talking about increasing her visibility as a kind of a crucial next step for her. So um, I, I imagine this is going to get really good. Uh, I'll probably refer her to this episode uh, once uh, <laughs> once it airs. Uh, but let's actually just segue into uh, I'd love to get an idea of how you actually got into this field you said you started out at 19 so that's still pretty young maybe you had another job or two before that i don't know but um tell us like what got you into this space yeah absolutely so i started at 19 i was a sophomore in college and i actually seen a makeup artist and she said she wants she needed assistant i was like well i need a job so here we go and so i didn't necessarily know what assistant did so i just did the things that i thought i should do right and so this was the time where instagram was really coming up and twitter was popping 
shopping and Facebook. And so I started to post her work online and she started to get more bookings and I started to correlate like the more that I post, the more money that she made. And so I was like, okay, how can I keep doing this for more people? Because this is like easy work. Like I could do this. And so I developed my agency from there. I started to work with brands all over Mississippi, all over um, Louisiana. And I just started to help them increase their visibility. Well, I graduated, I moved to Atlanta and I was like, okay, this is the place. This is where all the entrepreneurs are. I will find all of my dream clients. And so um, I got here and it did not work out like that. I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, this is a whole thing. So I started to have to figure out how I can tell people that I could, I was the one that they needed. Like I could help them. And so I started to market my own brand and we just kept increasing our own visibility. Um, We were behind the scenes for like our first seven years, but um, about 2019, we actually created our personal brand, um, which is the Marketing by Monroe brand. And um, we've been able to increase our visibility since then. Um, And we've taught in our Millionaire Mob students um, since then. So that's, that's how we got started. I love that. I love that. I want to, I want to know even more about the, the journey. Like, I love how you, you really started fresh, even though you had, uh, you know, kind of the seed planted, you were starting to grow something that you've proven has some impact. Uh, how did you, how did you start rebuilding that audience and like, how did you get your first customer maybe after you moved? Yeah. Yeah. So after I moved, I say one thing about me is that I've always been the girl that will put like, I, I'm going to lean in on work ethic. Um, I've been working since the age of 14. Um, not because I had to, but because I just like to work. And so when I moved to Atlanta, I literally DM'd everyone that I thought was in Atlanta. Like if you had a business, you were in Atlanta, you got a DM from me in 2017. And <laughs> I, I was like, hey girl, or hey, you need me and this is why. And so I just started to pitch them, pitch my services, started to have meetings and then I closed my first client. Now, I thought that I would close my first client and this will take care of bills, but it did not. So <laughs> I had to keep going. But that showed me that if you just put yourself out there and you just tell people what you do, because a lot of times when we're trying to build audiences, most of the time, the people closest to us don't even know what we do. So we yeah. always tell our people like, go on your phone and text everybody and tell them what you do. You know, So just getting out there and leaning in on that work ethic and for the next few years, I just put my head down and worked. I didn't care about the numbers. I didn't care about the money. I mean, of course, I need to pay my bills, but it wasn't about trying to reach a million dollars in my first year. When I got out here, it was just like, let's make the connections and just be in your seeding season. Yes, yes. I I, I think it's so important to just almost like focus in a little bit on the fact that like this did, didn't happen overnight. No. Like, you know, we you hear about all of the overnight success store stories and virtually every single one of them have 10 years plus of buildup that led to that overnight success. <laughs> I do have to ask, uh, you know, you messaged every business in the area like you must have gotten a lot of no's and maybe just a lot of crickets in that process. Yes. 
Yeah. So maybe like tell us like, uh, I guess a little bit about just the overall mentality that you had to have in order to like just trudge through the sheer masses of no's and the downturns and everything that would impact you along starting your business. No, absolutely. So it is so funny that I think a lot of business owners don't like to hear the word no. Right. <laughs> I am. None of us do. <laughs> no, we don't like to hear the word no. But I'm the only child. I don't like to hear the word no either. I've always been spoiled. So, but I remember my mom teaching me that when anytime I would want to ask for something, she would say the worst thing that people can tell you is no. Like, and no doesn't mean uh, like now, it may, it may mean not right now, right? And so what I did was sometimes I would get no's. I remember um, talking to people and I knew, I knew what I was talking about because, but because I had no validation or a big name behind me, they didn't, they was like, "Mm, I don't really know. So I had to keep trying to prove myself. And so for me, I always took the no and turned it around to on and like, I got to keep going, right? Like I got (laughs) to push back on and keep going because at the end of the day, nobody is going to work as hard for your business like you're going to work. And so if you're not hustling, if you're not trying to get it done, then it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I know speaking for myself a little bit, but I imagine for a lot of people like the the idea of hearing no feels like it's such a like a personal letdown. But the reality of it is, is if you flip the script a little bit, like I don't remember like the anyone that I've I've said no to a lot of people, too. And like I don't remember any of them. It's certainly not a personal situation. So I love your philosophy on just flipping that to like on no to on and move on. Do you, do you remember like what was like the approximate? number of people that you actually reached out to when you were getting started? Yeah, so I actually had a quota every day um, because I am very competitive. So every day, my goal was to reach out to at least 50 businesses a day, 50 people a day. And I would copy and paste that same message or sometimes I would um, do a um, screen record where I would go through their page and I would screenshot and like, this is what's going on. This is where I see gaps in your emails. This is where I see gaps in like I would take the time, but at the time I I have never worked, uh, luckily it never worked a corporate job, right? Or had to work a job. I was able to support myself with my business. So with that, it was like, I don't have nothing else to do, but make sure that we are getting clients. So I still use that philosophy today. Um, even as we are an educational company, we social sell in the DMs. We talk to our clients. If you like my, like my post, if you comment, whatever, I'm going to to say, hey, thank you for commenting. What brought you here? Like we've used that same foundation that we started on and we use it today to keep growing um, to this multi-million dollar company. I love that. Take us through what it what it actually took to get from that first yes to enough yeses to like yeah. really feel like you've established a business. Yeah, absolutely. So after that first yes, when I moved to Atlanta, it was um, coincidentally, it was another makeup artist. And um, I remember getting the first client. I was so excited. And I was like, okay, so we're negotiating, right? It was maybe $200 a week. And I'm like, man, my rent is $1,000 a month. This is <laughs> not adding up, right? Yeah. And so, but I kept my same um, mentality and just put my head down and worked. I showed up. I did what I needed 
needed to do. I helped her grow her brand. I helped her plan events and things of that nature. And so by the way of my work ethic, she kept telling people about me. And so she told her friends. And from there, I started meeting different influencers and different celebrities. But I never stopped and relied. I got that first yes. I never stopped and say, okay, well, now the work stops. I kept DMing. I kept reaching out. I kept making sure that I was able to sign clients. By the time I looked up, I had five um, clients, right? And so now I'm like, okay, then we got a little agency going on. Like this is a real business now. And so I hired some interns um, that were at Georgia State and they came and they would help with the clients' events and things of that nature. And we just kept working. And when I looked up, I remember at the end of the year, I think it was like 2018, I was about to do my taxes and I looked up and we had made a hundred thousand dollars that year and I was excited but I was like where's my money did somebody steal my money because I don't know where my money is (laughs) (laughs) what happened but it showed me that as long as you put your head down and work things will happen yes yeah and I think you you really made a great point on or maybe it was fortuitous that it happened this way but I actually think there's a really worthwhile nugget of information and that's like going where you're already known like you went from a highly successful makeup uh, you know you're a highly successful maybe an overstatement but your first like you, you'd shown success or you've proven success with a makeup artist yeah. why not do it again because you now you can take your learnings and reapply them and you know maybe even do a better job the next time exactly exactly so uh, i i wonder uh, as far as you, you you've got a few clients you start building the agency up maybe you could just almost fast forward us through to like we know that you have the university now you have a digital product help Help bridge that gap. How did you go from agency to now you have a university? Yeah, so that was an amazing transition. So in 2019, um, I had my agency, Rare Necessity Brand Management, and I actually got offered to partner with someone else to have a content creation agency only. And so I was like, okay, let's, you know, I'm thinking like this might be a good thing, right? She had already um, achieved her million dollars in her brand. And so I'm excited about it. So I closed my agency down and I partnered with her to open this agency well four months later the agency closed and I was like what what I, I gotta do something now right like I'm like overwhelmed and I had actually started to do more classes I started to do more webinars and so I'm praying I'm praying I'm praying I'm like Lord what am I supposed to be doing and so he told me to go back to do what I was telling you to do the first time which was educate so then I started to uh, produce more digital products well I still didn't see the university model but I just started to produce these digital products well when I started to produce these products more of my students was like okay yeah this one class isn't enough can we get six weeks okay this six weeks isn't enough can we get six months I'm like well if y'all keep paying I'll keep delivering you know (laughs) and so that is when I realized like I really want to educate entrepreneurs because I've seen in the agency that a lot of times people didn't have the revenue or they weren't at the level that they wanted to be at to be able to afford to pay a four to five figure retainer a month but they still needed to have marketing you know and 
And so um, we started to educate and we created the Millionaire Mob University. And um, in the 2020, we didn't know, of course, that the pandemic was coming, but um, it definitely helps a lot of our students that were getting laid off for their jobs. Their salons were closing. Their businesses had to shut down to be able to go digital where we taught them how to produce courses, to produce online things, to really establish a digital footprint. Yeah. And help 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 me fill in the gap. Uh, were the customers of your first digital product the same customers of your not physical product, but your services product? No. So the, the, the clients that we had for our agency were totally different. Those okay. clients were normally um, either already successful in business because our retainer started at like $5,000 a month. And so they had to already be making money. But the opposite, what I've seen um, on the educational side that the audience had completely shifted. But these people actually came from the agency client. So, for example, um, we had one client her name is Lyra Galore. We help her um, launch her beauty brand. And everybody that's seen that brand launch that were business owners, they was like, who did that? And how can I do that too? So all of these people came into the Millionaire Mob University because they recognized what I, I did for the last seven years. And now they wanted to learn from us. So I didn't think that it was going to correlate, but it ended up correlating very nicely. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Tell, tell us, I guess, I always always need to find out, like, how did you end up? I know you're on Kajabi, obviously. Where did that come into the picture? Did you start doing something else or did you start with Kajabi out the gate? Yeah, no, I actually started with Kajabi um, out of the gate. I, I'm, I'm a quick executor. And it's actually funny because we, as soon as we started our online courses, I immediately got a Kajabi account. I set it up. I didn't know what I was doing, but I set it up and we started to sell our courses. And I actually remember like, okay, well, you know, seeing all of these things pop up, these different trending um, software. And I'm like, okay, let's try something else. And so we tried something else. And I was like, uh-uh, I gotta go back to Kajabi. Like, this is not getting <laughs> what it's supposed to give, right? And so, um, I say that to say a lot of times we're always looking for the next best thing in our business when we really should just systemize the things that we're already doing to enhance and make it better. Like, I didn't even realize that we wasn't using all of the features in Kajabi the way that we needed to. We wasn't enhancing it, but when I came back, I was like, oh no, um, we're not leaving again. We just gotta figure this out. <laughs> it's that search for the silver bullet or the shiny object distraction. Um, oh, always, always. Get you every time. Uh, <laughs> so, I uh, take us through a little bit uh you, when you when you started the uh, the movement into digital products. What did it take to maybe just get back to the point where you were charging you had 5 5 grand a month retainers with your agency? I don't know how many of them you had, but like how long did it take you to to recoup that revenue on the digital space. You know, you want to know there's something that's so funny. So um, I told you that I actually didn't know what I was going to do in the 2019. I was like, I got to figure this out. And I stepped into that season. And as soon as I stepped into the digital space, December 2019, we made $20,000 in five days with our digital products. And I was like, whoa this is nice. Like, I, you know, like this is great. And so I'm like, okay, let me keep going. Cause you know, I, 
I am the type of person if it don't happen three times, it didn't really happen. So we are consistently putting out our products. We're making sure that we are um, teaching our clients. And so in January 2020, we made thirty thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, great. Well, in February and in March, we had only made ten thousand dollars, and I was like, well. Is this a book? Like, what's going on? Well, now the pandemic, we're in the height of the pandemic by April. And so I had a whole campaign that I was going to release to rebrand our company and all the things. Well, because the, uh, the pandemic came in, I switched it to a campaign called Pivot Under Pressure because a lot of people were under pressure because their business was closing and all the things. So I released a um, campaign in a class from there. Well, that month we made 50000 and I was like, oh, I think we might be on to something. So from there, um, in May, we kept releasing our products along with um, our planner. We incorporated a physical product. And so in 2020, we were able to um, literally 10x our revenue from $168,000 to $1.1 million in 365 days. Wow. I I, I want to know all of the steps you took to get there, but let's, let's start with... Uh, uh, December of 2019, uh, that $20,000 month, was it, uh, like that's, that's a meaningful launch yes. by any, you know, for all intents and purposes. Like, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you're Oprah or something, like that's not a lot, but it feels like a lot to me. So like, can you take us through what it took it just uh, even at a high level to get something out there that you, uh, both from the standpoint of producing the content to finding the right audience. Did that involve a ton of paid advertising? I know I'm asking you a lot of questions. I just want to know a lot of things. So I'll pause and let you <laughs> respond. No, these are all wonderful questions. So if I'm thinking back, I'm going back to that, that, that grow December, 2019, I want to say, um, I really want to hone in on the fact that I was not motivated to run a business. And I think this is important to let people know because people think they always have to be motivated to get things done and you don't have to be motivated. You just got to be consistent. And so I was not motivated for the first 25 days of the month. And I remember at the beginning of December, I actually went to Mexico and I was like, you have to give me a sign, Jesus. Like I need to know what is going on. Right. And so, um, when I came back after Christmas, I, I remember being on my, my mom's sofa and I was like, okay, well, I got to figure out, like, I can't just sit up here and lose. Like I, I just have to keep going. And so I literally took six classes that I had already recorded, um, six webinars and I put them into a bundle. I put it in Kajabi and I sold it for $97. I created content. I like, I was not motivated at all. My hair was not done. I was not as cute as I am today. Like it was not giving all of that, but I sat on my mom's sofa and I created content and I posted content and I educated. I went live. I talked about what was in that bundle. And for literally um, the last six days of the year, we were able to make $20,000 from me just showing up and being consistent. And so that was, like I said, that was my mindset at the time. Like, you just got to show up. We didn't run any ads. We didn't do any advertising. Now, now our lunches are a little bit more sophisticated. But at that moment, I just needed to prove to myself that I 
could keep going because a lot of times in entrepreneurship, I always say that being a CEO is very ghetto and running a being owning a business is a lot. And sometimes we just need to make ourselves just go. And that was kind of the mindset that I was um, in. Like, I just got to keep moving and something has to change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've really just told the story of virtually every episode of the show and like just continued to reinforce the fact that that persistence is so crucial yes. to achieving any type of success, whether that's even just the first dollar or maybe on up to the seven figures. So. Yes. Uh, let's 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 talk about the the seven figures that's that's a, that's a huge milestone um and you 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 started to lay out a little bit of that progression but i imagine that like it didn't just stop in february and the pandemic wasn't entirely responsible right. for your, your success right can you tell us like a little bit about what what did you have to change? What did you have to do in order to turn this from a, you know, a 20 to $40,000 a month business to something producing close to six figures a month to make it to that seven figure mark? Absolutely. When I think about that, the number one thing that I had to change was me. Um, I had to become a better leader um, during this time frame. So we were in, as we were growing, a lot of it was us just figuring it out, testing it. It worked. Okay, let's do it again. Like it was just trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And it was us being consistent and um, willing to try. And I think that's where a lot of things actually come into place for us entrepreneurs because we don't, we're not willing to step outside of the box. We're not willing to try something new. We're not willing to get our, our, our hands dirty or we're not willing to fail. You know, and I was so willing to fail. Like I was willing to figure it out because I... I never had the goal in my mind. Like I was reaching for a million dollars. I was just reaching for the next level. Like I was just, I was just keep going. And so during that year in 2020, we just kept trying stuff. But the number one thing that allowed us to be able to get to where we are is that we kept disrupting our industry. Um, no coach was dropping campaigns and we had a, um, we had a digital launch where we actually, actually called it the lockdown and we sent all of our students to jail and we was like you've been neglecting your business now you gotta go to jail and they stayed in there for seven days but they worked and they got results right and so we just would disrupt the industry and we would do something outside of the box and what I realized because with this is now three years later and we've been able to consistently keep hitting that million dollar mark with the highs and the lows but what I've realized is every time that we relied on and leaned into disrupting our industry and standing out and doing the most like being okay with being as extra as possible right we have really been able to reap the rewards um for that well I wonder it's what well, it didn't go unnoticed uh, at least at first when you were describing that process that it almost took me back to where you started in a way of like you you, you called it something different this time but I think it's very very equally true like it's a willingness to fail um yeah. it's a willingness to be okay with that getting that no yeah. um and that, that I think that's really insightful that, that 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 philosophy continues to apply even outside of the scope of starting up, but yes. all the way on through. Yes. I am I am kind of I, I curious. Uh, um, 
for online businesses, we often think about like that exposure to the broader audience. What? I, I don't know about percentage, but like, like how much of your business came from like the local focus versus, uh, I guess, marketing online and expanding to a broader audience? Yeah, 100%. So I would say we are just now really tapping into our Atlanta market. Um, We host events now. So it's like we want to be um, in the Atlanta market 100%. But what I realized is that I didn't even tell a lot of people that I stayed here. But when we started to um, market online, Atlanta was always our number one city. And so Atlanta is our number one city. We have New York and then we also have Houston and Philly as our top four. And so we've been like marketing since the beginning, right? Like marketing to everyone. And I remember going live and seeing people um, saying like, hey, y'all tuning in from Jamaica. I'm like, I've never even been to Jamaica. Like, this is great. <laughs> you know? And so I realized that what we were doing was touching a lot of people. And that is why I think it's so important for us to be online because our impact, um, we have a core value in our company. And one of those core values is impact. And our impact is worldwide. It does not have to stop in your city. It could go for as far as possible. Yeah. You know, you know what I think is uh, incredibly cool and yet somehow like so undervalued, I think for anyone starting a business. And I think you just you just reflected that in the earlier portion of your statement, like like uh, it's amazing what opportunities exist like within such close proximity to where we are. Like, yeah. I know Atlanta's a big city and like, you know, the fact that like, you know, you you were able to build effectively, I assume a seven figure business yeah. predominantly by focusing on, you know, a fairly localized region. I mean, is that, is that accurate to say? Yes. Yes. And we were able to really, um, like I said, when you, and even during that time, I took the, the, Cause I think a lot of times when we're building the business, we're trying to build so perfectly. And I took all of that off of my brain. Like I was like, just impact, just impact, just impact. And then everything else would start to align around it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great reminder. I, I think as much as I think we all do need to have that, that, drive behind us to take over the world, if you will. Uh, like there's, there's the starting point of that is usually, you know, like you said earlier, it starts inside a big change for you. Yep. And then that starts with what's immediately around you. There's a lot of opportunity there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, take us, take us through, uh, I, I guess what, uh, what for you is, uh, has changed as a result. I, I know that you've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. You, you said you've never had the corporate job. I was there with you for a long time. And I, I guess I, but I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at in terms of a corporation. Cause I get to help so many entrepreneurs. Yes. yes. So uh, tell tell us, uh, like what's changed for you as a result of good going down this path? Yes, I would say, huh, what has changed for me? One, I have been able to really get to know me. I think you as an entrepreneur, you get to know yourself like none. Like this is you, you always by yourself. There are no coworkers. It's just you. And so I've been able to really get to know me, but I've also been able to do things outside of the box. Like I could go home at any time and spend time with my grandmother. I can pop up on her on a Wednesday and take her to the casino. You know, like I can, you 
know, just have fun. I could be there um, for my family. I could be able to um, have my experiences that I want, right? So I think that it provided me freedom. It also provided me with the awareness that I literally could do anything, like literally. Yeah. And it reminds me of that uh, quote from Jim Rohn. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but it's like it's he talks about becoming a millionaire and he says it's not you know, it's not the money that really resonates, but it's it's the person you have to become in order to uh, become a millionaire. Like that's the true gift um, from doing so. Um, it's not what it's not the money is what the what you know the money is going to be able to get you you know like sure. knowing what's the next level yeah well I mean on that note I'm interested like I don't imagine that you have said I'm settling where I'm at and I'm now completely comfortable there's probably another next step down the line for you uh can you give us like a little bit of a hint or a preview of like what's coming down the pipeline like what are you what's your next big goal yes so our goal um we're going to continue to educate entrepreneurs but we want to do it in a major way um our goal is to create a university where it is a in-person university where you can come and learn marketing hands-on um and we plan to do that sooner than later um, it may not be as fabulous as it looks like in my mind with the dorm rooms and all the things, but <laughs> we want to be able to make sure that we can hands on help um, students and entrepreneurs with marketing. So our goal is to have the in-person university, but also put campuses all over the world. That's exciting stuff. Like uh, going back from the digital to the physical and maybe you can like, uh, you know, create some real prison cells. Uh, you don't have to do it digitally. <laughs> no, I love it because there is some there's some true value in uh, like being locked up, if you will, and doing nothing but focusing on a problem like there's just no replacement for that. Hundred percent, and I I don't think I honestly didn't think people realize the um the value of it. Um, my my boyfriend always jokes with me and talks that I do this like Rain Man thing when I have an idea, and he's like, "You just go in that uh that office, close the door, and you just like like that little cat meme, you know." And so, but you you need to have that focus, you know. And a lot of times we have all of these distractions and things pulling us away. Um, but our business deserves for us to focus on it as well yeah well I, i'd love to just give you a, put you on the spot and give okay. you a little bit of an opportunity like thinking through I, I know you teach this all the time so it'll probably come way easier than it comes to me but like distilling it down your your, your philosophies into just a few key steps or points for anyone who's listening who's like i i want to take the leap and i want to get started today i'm committed to starting something yeah. like where would you have them go? And like, what would be a few steps they could take to, to make some movement? Absolutely. So what I would suggest is to follow our eight step campaign method. And so our eight step method allows you to be able to um, really holistically manage your marketing. Um, and so what that looks like is first step is identifying your focus product or your offer. 
And then your second step is what is the strategy, right? Like, what does it look like to be able to get the traffic that you need to be able to resonate with the audience and the goals that you're trying to set? Step three is to map it out. Now, what is the content, the emails, all the things that have to support said goal? And then step four is to make sure that you actually create the content, write the emails, go on chat GPT, whatever that looks like, um, and making sure that you are creating the reels and all the things so that you have what that looks like for you. And then step five is actually making sure you execute. Like now it's time to do the launch. Now it's time to do the webinar whatever that looks like. And then step six is monitoring. Monitor the results. What happened when you posted that reel? What happened when you sent that email? What happened when you did that launch? Step seven is pivoting, being okay with pivoting under pressure. If something is going right, pivot, keep going. If something is going wrong, change it. And then last step is to analyze. So make sure you analyze holistically what has happened so that you can know what you need to do to get to your goal next time. Can I just like double down on this and and ask you to, I, I want to know what the eight steps are if we were breaking down step one. Like, is there a, like, how do you, how do you find even like the, the target or the, the niche or the, the focus? Yeah. So I say that you should always lean into what your audience is purchasing. So once you are, so a lot of times when we first start, I always tell people when you're trying to get to your first six figures, like you're really just throwing stuff at the wall. Like, and that's okay. Like, let me try this. No, that didn't work. Let me try this. No, that didn't work. And then you want to also be listening to what people are asking you for. And so once you figure out and look at the data and say, oh, this is the product or the service that people are always asking for, then you literally only talk about that. Like, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And I think as creatives and as entrepreneurs, we get bored. And I talk to my students all the time. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. I want to create a new product. And I'm like, no, you don't use your creativity to change the offer. You use your creativity to disrupt the industry. You use your creativity to get new people to see the same offer. And so really zoning in um, and really seeing what people are looking for and then really going all in on that. All right. All right. And how about uh, on the, the the first step of the, the step that I've already had you double break down when you talk about that audience, uh, like just assuming that we were on step one and I don't have that audience. Do you have any recommendations on how you start the process of building that? Yeah, absolutely. So my first thing is there's three ways to build audience and there's three ways to get like have traffic, build, borrow, buy. So you can build it yourself. That means you're posting online, you're posting your content, you're trying to obtain the audience yourself. If you got a little money, you can buy, you can buy some ads, you can buy some advertorials, things of that nature. But the sweet spot is that middle one, which is borrow. But what that does require is that you have relationships. So you need to go into some Facebook groups. You need to be around a community of entrepreneurs so that you guys can go live together. You can post in their Facebook group. They can talk about your Facebook group. Um, you can get on their podcast and, you know, vice versa. But you need to meet other people so that you can be able to borrow like audiences so those audiences now can come back to you. And I think that the borrow is the sweet middle because it doesn't always cost. 
Um, but it does require some effort. Um, and you just have to build relationships. Yeah, so much, so much value in the network that also, I think, correlates really well with where you started too, like, and where what we were talking about earlier in terms of just starting close that doesn't just apply to your geographic location, but also, as I think you mentioned, like your mom, your dad, your uncle, your brother, your sister, right. like, right. if if they're not maybe your most immediate customer, they probably know someone who could be 100%, 100%. Yeah, well, Take us through, uh, I guess, first of all, if anyone is interested in not only taking advantage of the wisdom that you've provided us here, but maybe even taking the full course, um, where should they find you? Where should they begin to, I guess, just learn more about some of your philosophies and your content? Yes. Well, I hang out on Instagram, so but you can follow me on any platform um, at Marketing by Monray. Um, I am super active on all social media platforms and I like to talk to people. So feel free to DM me and say, you, you heard about me on this podcast. I would love to meet you guys. Um, but you can also go to our website at mobuniversity.org. That's M-O-B, university.org. Uh, and uh, by the way, just just to tack onto that, I would absolutely love it is if, if you tell uh, Monray here that you heard about it on the podcast, like I want you, Monray, to tell me because like I just got an email from another guest who had a very similar situation. And like there's seriously, there's nothing that could possibly mean the world more to me than just even hearing from you um, about the people that ultimately make it to you through uh, listening to this. So let's complete that circle. Well, you heard it here on the show. Um, uh, Monray, thank you for taking the time to share, um, you know, uh, what is presumably just a tidbit of the wisdom that you probably share within your courses. I-, I wonder, is there anything else? I know the physical university is coming, but just also just any other digital products that anyone should be aware of coming down the pipeline? Or? Yes, yes. So um, we have our School of Marketing um, that is launching really soon. And that is what we call the holistic approach to being able to master marketing. So I'm super excited about that. That is launching May 2023. Um, So you guys can be able to digitally um, be enrolled inside the Millionaire Mob University where you can literally get access to over 600 plus classes and courses, guidance, coaching, and all the things. I love it. I love it. Well, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, do not forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting channel. Uh, we appreciate you sharing these episodes with your friends as well on social networks uh, so that they can hear more and more of these inspiring stories, just like Marketing by Monray. Thank you all. Thank you, Monray, for taking the time out of your day to share with us. Yes. Bye. Y'all. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again for listening.